Welcome to In Between, where you'll hear stories, conversations, and hard-earned wisdom to help you navigate the space that lies in between where you are and where you're going. I'm Heather Ashley Baker. How are you enjoying In Between so far? If you're enjoying the show, one thing you can do to support this podcast is to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Since In Between is a new podcast, written reviews show that you're engaged with the content and help more people find the show. It's super easy to do, and it will take you less than five minutes. Here's how you do it. From your Apple Podcast app, tap on In Between from the show screen. Scroll down to ratings and reviews, and you'll see a link titled Write a Review. And that's it. You can leave a rating, and I'd also so appreciate it if you take a moment and write a few words about what you're enjoying on the show. And from time to time, I'll feature reviews from listeners in future episodes of the podcast. All right, let's get to today's episode. I'm talking to one of my all-time favorite humans. Mike Ross is an award-winning photographer and filmmaker with a professional career spanning 12 years. This year in 2020, he celebrated 10 years as the Nerdery's video producer. Mike is also the winner of the 2016 Brand Film Festival Gold Award for Top Row. On my first day as a user experience apprentice at the Nerdery, a tech company in Bloomington, Minnesota, I learned what was expected of me my first week on the job as a new nerd. I had to create and shoot a Meet the Noob video. That's when I met Mike Ross, creative director and producer of what became Hallmarks of Nerdery Culture. Shoutouts, which are creative ways to recognize the efforts of a team or teammate, and Meet the Noobs, the new employee introduction video. It was the strangest, best first week at any job I've ever had. The nerdery would not be what it is today without Mike. In this episode, you'll get a peek into the most unique company culture I've had the chance to work in over my career and meet the man who pours his heart and soul into creating it. You'll learn how Mike continues to inspire in uninspiring times, the benefits of having a growth mindset, and his perspective on the in-betweens of 2020 as a black man living in Minneapolis. Meet Mike Ross. Mike Ross. Hey, how are you doing? (laughs) I am beyond excited that I am interviewing you for my podcast. Yay. Yeah, Yeah, I'm very honored. uh, I'm very excited. So uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for uh, reaching out to me from... uh, Australia. Yes, of course. Mike, how are you doing? How are things over in Minneapolis? My, Mike Ross, you're, you're in my, my old hometown mm-hmm. of Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's how are right. things today? Uh, the weather is beautiful. Speaking that it's uh, November 4th, it's I think it's in the 70s right now. Yeah, yeah it's great. That's insane because you had snow last week, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the weather the weather is great. Myself personally uh, is actually having a great year. Besides on how this year has turned out for everyone around the world, right? And you know, specifically in Minneapolis. Uh, yeah, I've I've been very blessed. So I have a new daughter, five months old. Her name's Millie. Absolutely beautiful girl. I mean, so beautiful, Heather. I mean, it's 
it's nuts. I, I can't believe how beautiful she is. And she's very healthy. My girls are, my two other girls are doing great. My wife is doing great. So no, I'm in great spirits these days. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And your baby daughter, all of your daughters are beautiful. Oh, thank you. And um, a good a f- reflection of their father for sure. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. That is true. I didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't want to get to that, get that far. But yeah, that is. <laughs> that's all key facts there. That's facts. Big facts. <laughs> I'll say it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sure. Uh, well, Mike, again, it's just, it's incredible to talk to you and I, we go way back. Mm-hmm. So we go way back to the nerd days. Mm-hmm. And I know for a lot of people, they're like, what is the nerd, like nerd. And, and even here when I'm in Australia, I tell people that I used to work for a company called the nerdery mm-hmm. and everyone's like, say what now? Mm-hmm. Yep. What did, where did you used to work? And yep. I try to tell them, I try to explain the culture that we had at the nerdery. Mm-hmm. And I try to talk about, you know, what I had to do my first week, which was write a, a meet the new video. And and right. in my particular video, I had to write and perform a rap. And we spent like an entire day, the first week, my first week at the nerdery on this new job recording this video. And that's when I met you. And mm-hmm. you're the mastermind, like the creative director behind Meet the Noobs and shout outs and a lot of what makes the nerdery culture, what it is today. And that was a huge part of my journey. And I know the journey of so many other nerds who have come through the nerdery. You're an inspiration, really. Oh, right on. Right on. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you all, you guys are too. I mean, it, it goes, it goes both ways for sure. You're an incredible visual storyteller, very creative, very expressive. Your photos are truly some of the best I've, I've ever seen. And you're, you're one of my personal favorite photographers. How did you get to where you are? Like, talk a little bit about what inspired your journey into photography. I went to film school uh, to be a screenwriter and a film producer. Uh, I didn't have any, I didn't have any inklings of being behind a camera or doing any artwork behind a camera by any means. I mean, I've always respected cinematography in photography, uh, but that was something that I didn't plan on doing after school. So film school, where I was at, was at Full Sail uh, in Orlando, Florida. Graduated from there, moved to Minneapolis, uh, where my wife resided. And she had a little, a little power shot camera back in the day. Like it was, you know, the two megabyte cards, and that used to be like a big deal. And my daughter, Kay Marie, was one and a half at the time. For a while, she didn't really talk to me because, again, they were in Minneapolis for a few months and I was still at school. So she she hadn't seen me in two months. So I came home and she didn't really want to talk to me. So I'm like, well, how can I get her to like warm up to me again? And uh, I started using my wife's little power shot camera. And then I just started photographing her. And then I'll put that on Facebook. And then people on Facebook, my friends and family, like, Mike, man, this stuff's kind of hard, man. Like, this is great work. And I'm like, really? I'm like, I, you know, thank you. But I'm just trying to share these photos to my family because, you know, my, well, originally I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, right? And then I have friends in Florida and such. So I'm like, I'm just trying to send these out to you guys. You know, I tend to do this as a career. And then 
more and more people are and more work I put out, more and more people are like, yeah, you should do this professionally. Like the stuff's pretty hot. So I'll say my daughter Kay Marie inspired me to get into the photography and the filmmaking camera in again, I was looking for work. Uh, so I looked on Craigslist and uh, a high school was uh, looking for a cam operator to film their football games or high school football games. So I'm like, you know, I got a daughter to feed. I got a wife to feed on this stuff in myself. And uh, I just took the job. And after that game, I don't know what I mean, I'm a huge sports fan, but I just became hooked. I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to be a cinematographer. I want to do camera work. It hasn't stopped since then. I was 12 years ago. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's just grown and grown. I think your photos really capture the essence of someone's personality and their individuality in a way that I think is very unique. Like a lot of people can take pictures. A lot of there's a lot of talented photographers out there, but you just have a way of really capturing the essence of somebody. How do you see people and how do you see someone's personality and emotion? Like how are you able to capture that in your work? Yeah, I think it's from me growing up being very observant of people. Uh, I was an extremely shy person, very quiet person. Uh, my mother told me that I started talking at five years old, which it's kind of crazy. So I'm like five years old, like that's nuts. Like my kids even started talking at like one, one and a half. What do you mean? And then I reached out to my aunts and they were like, yeah, you started around, um, what time did you start talking, honey? Um, about four or five years old. I was like, damn. So anyways, they thought I was autistic and all that type of stuff. I had all these tests or whatever. But anyways, I've been always very observant. So when I'm photographing a subject, I kind of pick up the on their nonverbal body language is very important. You know, like what makes them laugh when they're serious and when they're thinking about something. You know, I like to study on how their mannerisms are. How, how do their eyes move, right? And uh, I secretly, intensely study that on a subject. And when it's time to do the photography, I already have a plan, right? So if I want a smile or some type of expression from the subject, you know, I will initiate that and then I'll snap it. And then that's how I get it. And and also, you know, again, it's it's a blessing. It, it, I really believe it's a blessing that God gave me. And I'm taking advantage of it. It's a very, it's a big blessing. Even when I was a kid, I've always been very observant and heavy with colors and I used to draw a lot. Oh, before filmmaking, I wanted to be an architect and draw uh, interior like buildings and stuff like that. I drew shoes, designer stuff. I was always into the, the visual things, uh, but I've, I've learned that it was a blessing from God and I need to use it for a better part of the world. So, And we're all very grateful that you're sharing your gift with the world because I think the world wouldn't be what it is today without people like you sharing that gift and in sharing your your heart and your expression with us. And so it's incredible. Did you ever feel at any point afraid to express yourself in this way or to express your creativity? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, for sure. Even with, with the George Floyd killings, my plan was to go down and recapture, like, you know, document all of that stuff. But I was just, my daughter Millie was just starting. We had, I think, I think that happened a week before she was born or something like that, maybe four days or something. And I really wanted to do it. But my mom called me and she was like, Mike, you know, you have a daughter on the way, you know, you need to stay your ass at home, just stay home. You know what I mean? Like, 
I'm from the civil rights era. I've seen it all. Just stay home. So that that's been the last time. There's plenty of things where plenty of situations where I really would like to express myself. But I'm glad you brought that question up because I'm actually want to tackle that for 2021. I really want to go out and just express myself more, you know, give myself a real that hobby feeling again, right? Like, you know, photography just being a hobby, you know, rather than a professional in. You don't really let it hold you back all the time. I mean, sometimes maybe it's a difference of your fears holding you back versus, you know what, I am afraid and I'm going to do this anyway. I'm going to express myself and put myself out there no matter what anyone might say. Yep. 2021 it's on. Yeah, that's so great. And I and I know and I know you're very big with fear and conquering fear and stuff as well. So, yeah, I think that's definitely something that and honestly it's been a personal issue of mine. The more the more professional I've gotten, right? Like with nerdery and stuff, the more timid I became. And I think that's a mistake from a lot of creatives. It is good to have that willful ignorance you know, in this, in this type of creative work. It's very important to have that. I don't see another way of growing if you don't do that. So yeah, that's just something I've noticed where I'm like, oh, uh, this shot's crooked or the eyes aren't as focused as I like it to be. You know what I mean? It's good to have willful ignorance and, and that will conquer your fear in this business and art. Yeah, that's really, really good. It's like you, you, you're, you just have to be oblivious to what anyone else is going to say and think and realize that you're not doing it for them anyway. You do want to share your gifts with the world, but you're doing it because you have something in your heart that you want to express. That's a part of you. Yeah. And again, like I said, we have a, it's a blessing, like to be an artist and a creative, that's a blessing. And you're supposed to use that and share that to the world. I think that's your duty. Totally. It's your it's your duty. It's your, it's an obligation for sure. Yes. Yes. I love that. It is our duty as creatives mm-hmm. to to express yep. that because art and creativity changes the world. Yep. That's right. So speaking of changing the world, and I, I mentioned this at the start, but you have changed the lives of a lot of people who've worked at the nerdery and a lot of people who've come and gone, who are still there. How did you find the nerdery? How did that come up to be? I was freelancing those days. You know, I was all around town doing production assistant work and just doing my own work, right? Like just for hire camera work. Uh, The nerdery came out with a video clip. It, it, It was a now hiring. Well, it was like a recruitment video. And I really, 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 really enjoyed it. I reached out to them for a year straight. Year straight. They said no like 30 something times. And I just kept asking and asking. They're like, all right, fine. We were having an issue with connecting, internally connecting our nerds uh, through our shutout program. It was a thing where in bottle cap, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, a nerd will come up and then they'll give a live shout out to someone, right? Or maybe the managers will come up during their bottle caps presentations and they'll give a shout out verbally. But Tom O'Neill had a vision that it should be done by video. He shot the first shout out video just himself uh, giving shout outs, but it was a 10 minute video. And then he was like, hey, uh, Mike, uh, how can you how can you get this down for three? And I was like, well, I can get it down to three minutes, but I think it'd be better if I come in and shoot something and see how it goes. Right. So he's like, all right, fine. So I, I got in. Did that first shout out video for free. That's how hungry I was and very confident that we wouldn't be my only video project for Nerdery. And uh, yeah, I did the first shout out and, uh, you know, it became an instant hit at the company. A whole bunch of stuff came about. 
I haven't I haven't stopped it. It's it's millions of things I'm doing that's growing in that company to this day, which I think you'll be very impressed if you saw it in person. And just for for people maybe who don't fully understand, we have what we call meet the noobs. Can you explain a little bit about what those are specifically and what those productions actually entail? Yeah, so Meet the Noobs uh, was a project I co-created with uh, Matt Erickson. Uh, he, he doesn't work in Nerder anymore, but he's a QA engineer or a leader of sorts. Again, Nerdery had an issue with our onboarding process. We had a 100 nerds, 100 days theme where we were hiring like 10 nerds a week. At that time, we were doing intro shout out videos for new employees but we're hiring so many where you'll have eight or nine back to back on a shutout video and nerds were getting kind of restless, you know, because there wasn't, you know, it's, Hey, my name is, my name is Zach Naylor. You know, I'm a UX designer. I like to give a, a shout out to my manager, Mike Johnson. And then it just kind of just, you'll get eight or nine in the same kind of shout out. So I, literally saw a couple of nerds getting restless. Like they're kind of hissing. And I'm like, all right, I got to do something. I got to figure out something here because I can't be having nerds hissing. You know what I mean? Like, that's not good. That's one thing as a filmmaker, if, as a filmmaker, if you study people watching your work, like in a theater and like you hear some hissing and sighing, that's not good. That's bad news for you. So yeah, I just figured, uh, just had to come up with a new plan. And uh, we came up with Let's do skit theme thing called Meet the Noobs, where we will put new nerds in a room like that Tuesday, not the Monday, but that Tuesday. Of their first week. Exactly. Their first week. Yeah. Yeah. Their second day on the job, pretty much. We'll spend an hour coming up with an idea for them to express themselves cinematically. We shot the next day, I think, well, Tuesday, we shot Thursday, and then I had to get it out that Friday. So it was nuts. It was like we filmed and had to do that editing. I had to do all of that in like 24, 48 hours. Again, it was a big hit. It definitely drove the culture forward. You know, a lot of a lot of these nerds came from like Fortune 100 companies, Fortune 500 companies. They never experienced anything like that in their life. And it was something that, you know, it couldn't, you know, no one could take that away from them, even on how good or bad terms they left the nerdery. I knew back then Meet the Noobs would be something that will stick with them forever. And I was getting paid for it. It was crazy. I was like, I'm getting, I'm, I'm like, I'm getting paid to do this shit. Like, this is crazy. That's the best. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I'm getting paid to have fun and love my work. Like, what is that? That's the dream. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like 30 years old, 29, 30 or something like that. And man, I was having the time of my life. It was, it was fun getting paid to do those projects, but so yeah, yeah, it, it was a big deal and it, it got to, you got to learn a lot about that nerd. It was a great icebreaker as well, you know, introducing themselves to the company, you get to get their, you get to learn their personalities and everything. And another thing too, with Meet the Noobs, it's like, you knew how well they were going to be at the nerdery and with projects on how well they did their Meet the Noobs. Wow. I didn't realize that I was being judged so much with my Meet the Noobs video. Yeah, because like if your shit was whack, I'm like, I'm about to hit up the manager and be like, hey, you know, I don't know. I don't know about this nerd. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> if they if they rocked it, you know, they were a rock star with it. You know what I mean? It was uh, they were rock stars at, at the nerdery. Like it, it never it, it was like a, a equation that never 
felt at all. It was a good it was a good indicator on, you know, how well they're going to do at Nerdery for sure. I mean, not to like give myself my own shout out, but the rap video, my meet the new video was paved the way for a pretty legendary nerd career. If I- That's all right. That's all right. I mean, confetti, we had confetti. <laughs> and what's funny is we had Fred Beecher dressed up as Donald Trump before he was president. Yeah, yeah. He was doing his yeah, no, yeah. apprentice because I was hired as an apprentice and he was doing his whole, you're hired. Well, he did, you're hired, but, and he was wearing that goofy wig and there were like stormtroopers dancing around him. And yeah, yeah, that was great. That was pretty amazing. I will never forget my first week at the nerdery. I was like, you want me to do what now? And you were so, you were so nervous, Heather, but you know. (laughs) I've never rapped before. I I performed. I performed like I'm an actress, you know, but yeah. I come from an acting background, yep. but a rap, because that wasn't my idea. That was Maddie. That was someone else in my group. One of the other noobs ideas was to write and perform a rap. And I was just like, okay, all right, let's do this. You know? Yeah, you did great. You showed up. You showed up. You're like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's one thing about yourself is like you, you give a challenge and you show up every time. You know what I mean? So yeah, shout out to you on that and to meet the noobs. Like that, that was awesome. It was a very, very good moment for sure. And especially with women in the tech workplace as well, it was an, it was an all woman production. You know what I mean? That's and, right, it was. Yeah, you guys, you guys, yeah, yeah cats killed it. That's right, we did. We sure did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll never forget that. I mean, aside from my uh, outstanding all star rap video performance, what other <laughs> what other Meet the Noob videos have stood out to you over the years? Do you can you like pick? Do you, do you have a favorite or a couple favorites? I have a top five. I mean, as far as, and I'm going, it's not really the impact it had. Well, I guess so. Uh, the impact the newbie video had and just what I learned from it professionally and what I've grown to. So Lanoop was one. Oh, that's a great so, one. I love that one. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that was very, uh, yeah, that was very special one for sure. Very, very special one. That's one of my faves too. Yeah. The latest one we did came out a couple of years ago. It's called Golden Walk. Um, as you remember, Golden Walk Restaurant, the noobs decided to, instead of a W-O-K, we called it Golden Walk, like walking, you know, W-A-L-K. It was based off the Stranger Things uh, theme. So I'll have to, sh- I have to share that to you, but I was pretty proud of that one. Peter the Explorer, based off Dora the Explorer, and my daughter... Kira, seven-year-old, she's probably seen it a hundred some times. Uh, great meet the noob. I like uh, Death Hunters. Um, yeah, these are noobs that are trying to find the best spot in the office, right? And then someone walks them around and like, just kind of like just uh, the real estate deal. And another one um, I really enjoyed, After the Party. Uh, After Party was like a horror-themed uh, Meet the Noobs where their fob stopped working, so they were stuck in the kitchen the whole night. And some crazy zombies came around, and they had to figure out, out, out a way to get the hell up out of there. So uh, it was a black and white, uh, but I really I really liked that one as well. So you provide the, like the space for people to come up with these ideas, right? Or how much do you influence... The direction of each individual video? It depends. Um, sometimes I'm hands off and sometimes I'm very hands on, depending on the noob. You know, some noobs are very gung ho about their stuff. Like, for an example, I didn't do much for yours. I think you three took that on and told me what to do. So, which, you know, you have those noobs. It depends on a project, it depends on 
you know, my background of what they're trying to do. So, for example, with the Golden Walk, um, the Stranger Things, a Stranger Things theme. I've never watched a Stranger Things episode in my life. I've heard about it. I knew like it was a big phenomenon at the time, but I've never I never watched the show. So I left it up to them and I left it up to those noobs to tell me how to film and all that stuff. Right. So it, it depends on it depends on what the content is. There's been meet the noobs where I just didn't have it. I didn't shoot it as well as I could have. Bad days. I just had a bad day. Tripod's not on correctly, you know, shit like that. You know what I mean? So it, you know, you have your good and bad production days for sure. It it would be nice to show uh share my five worst meet the noobs, but we won't do that. What's one example that you can give and why do you think it was one of your worst? I did one called it was based off the Hunger Games. And again, I didn't have any background on the Hunger Game film. I've never seen one Hunger Game, so that was strike one. Um, strike two was they wanted me to handheld them, right? Hold their hand, right? Which is fine. It depends on what it is. My biggest thing on Meet the Noobs is the experience. I really want them to have a great experience. That's my number one rule and always has been. So with that, me not knowing Hunger Games, some of them did, right? Because they picked it. They're like, we want to do Hunger Games having to produce this and just uh, sound effects it needed to work, right? It's very sound effect heavy, CGI heavy. It was just a lot on my plate. And those days I was the editor of all those projects, but I had to do it all. So with that, that was already strike two. Yeah, just not having familiarity of what the content was. I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling my work that day and it, it didn't turn out as well. One thing about Nerdery is, you know, especially as you remember, we will premiere our videos in an auditorium. Yeah, if you got a slow clap at the end, you get, I call them courtesy claps. So if you got a courtesy clap, that was bad. And you knew it was coming before the video even played. So that one there, like again, like I wasn't organized. I wasn't really into it. I wish I would have done the work and research more on what they wanted to do. So that's another thing what's important, like with the work we do is like, it's very important for us creatives to be extremely research heavy. Like you have to research on what you're doing, what everything um, is very important because that's what people are paying you to do is to bring that to life. But if you don't do any research on it or do very minimal research, then and it shows it, it's going to show in your work. That client's going to be like, or that follower on your Instagram is going to be like, I don't get it. Like, what is this? Like, I don't, I don't understand. And the reason they don't understand or the reason they won't hire you back is that you didn't do the research. Uh, <laughs> you didn't do enough research. Yeah, that's that. That that was a that was a bad meet the noobs for me for sure. Awesome people though. After an experience like that particular video where you look back, you're reflecting, and you don't feel like maybe it's your creative best. You don't feel like it's your best work, or maybe you don't feel like it was received as well as you'd hope it would be. How do you keep going after that? How do you pick yourself back up and and try again the next day? It's addicting. <laughs> I love your it. work. Your work is addicting. Yeah, it's it's a blessing to have. It's a blessing to do this kind of work. So, you know, I'm very obsessive with bettering myself. Every project I like to better myself. I say the challenge keeps me going. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll say the challenge. It is just it's it's very challenging to the top yourself. Cause you always think you got some hot shit and then you figure out that your shit wasn't as hot as you thought it was. You know, when you realize something that you've done isn't isn't as hot, it, did, it didn't land the way that you thought it was going to. What impact does that have on your creativity, if any? How do you deal with that response being not what you thought it was going to be? I don't know. That's a great question. I guess I, I guess I just humble myself. 
I, I kind of just I, I look back on what I felt I did wrong there. It's a learning experience. It's a it's a like it's, it sounds like you just you learn from it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's a huge learning experience. You know, just being thankful that you're getting a, another shot of doing it. I think it really kind of humbles you down. You know what I'm saying? Because there's times where you don't get that second chance. You know, they're like, all right, thanks, Mike. We're moving another direction. So like when you know you have that opportunity to redeem yourself, I think that's what keeps me going. That's great. It's a grace, grace to or permission to not have a good day. Yeah, yeah. And know that the next day is going to be better. Yep, for sure. Yeah, that's facts. It'll be five years in February since I've been at the nerdery. So it's been a while. And I know that a lot of changes have happened since I've gone. And you've been there the whole time. You just celebrated 10 years. That's right. At the nerdery, which is incredible. And congratulations. Uh Thank you. Big milestone. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. So there's been a lot of changes. And you've been this consistent force the entire time. You show up every day, every week. You continue to do meet the noobs videos. You continue to do shout outs. You're continuing to just boost the morale of everyone. You're such an integral part of nerdery culture. How do you continue to show up every day and provide inspiration for people when everything around you feels chaotic? I just I believe I'm I'm here to do this for a reason. And that's what keeps me going. It it really does. It it really keeps me going. And it's and it's and it's fun and it's always challenging. Just very thankful to the the feed my family doing this kind of work and and the people as well at, at the nerdery you know what i mean it's it, there's so many different eras within that company so many different eras <laughs> different leadership and to this day you know shout outs for an example is just as relevant as it was in 2010 and that's that's amazing that's yeah yes that's that's, that's pretty cool you know what I mean? So I think with that, it's just, I'm just so blessed to just do work that's relevant to a, you mean to a predominantly white company, which is crazy. That's what keeps me going. It's, you know, there's always something new and nerds get stuff out of it all the time. Their spouses get stuff from it. Their kids, a lot of kids are watching shout outs nowadays because they're learning from home nowadays. So yeah, it's, it's just, it's a blessing. I, I love it. Because there had to be days where you don't really feel, and we've, we've just talked about some of the video, the videos you don't feel as happy about the outcome. So there's days maybe where you don't feel as inspired or where you're struggling to keep yourself going. And yet you keep showing up because you love what you do. Yeah. And again, like in that, person that's viewing it, they it affects them. It, they enjoy it. You're doing it for them. You know, it's it's a, yeah, again, it's a blessing, man. It's a blessing to give that service to someone that it impacts them. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. And I love that. That's mm-hmm. sounds like that's what's keeping you going. That's what gets you up every day, oh, knowing the people who are yeah. on the other end of this, how they might respond to it. And your work is around, like you said, it's timeless. It's around, I still watch videos from time to time. You know, we we go back into the archives and these these videos are still there and they're still just as heartwarming and fun and entertaining as they were when we first mm-hmm. saw them. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's pretty incredible to be able to create something that can have that kind of lasting impact. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's this. I keep going back. It's just, it's a gift. I mean, I yeah. I do I, I do my part as far as researching again, like I talked about earlier, and you know, trying to be the best I can. I listen a lot to those nerds, right? Like I really listen and get what they're coming from and how they want to express things. But that part and then putting together putting it together 
um, to give it a timeless feel. Um, and then it ended up being timeless. Like that's, that was awesome. Yeah. It, and did you have any idea that it was going to be like this when you started? No. Um, I'll say the first year. Yes. The first year I knew I had something for sure. I was hundred percent confident. Only thing that I was afraid of is that maybe the culture changes, you know, we might get a new leader and this new leader is all operational and that's it. That, that was the stuff that I was afraid of, but I think within a year, I was pretty confident in what I was doing and the impact it was going to have over the years. Yeah. And new leaders have come in and it's still and preserved that part of the culture because, you know, thankfully everybody sees how necessary it is and how unique it is. And you've been a big part of that. So we're talking about in-betweens and challenging seasons. And you, you've, you've me- mentioned this a bit throughout our conversation, but it's been a particularly challenging year for the world. <laughs> and you're in the epicenter of where a lot has happened. You know, Minneapolis has been in the news this year. You know, everyone knows what happened with George Floyd and not just in Minneapolis, but around the country and, and around the world. What, what has this year felt like for you? I'll say it actually has emboldened me. It's made me stronger. I have left less uh, Fs than I used to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's, it's made me personally a stronger Black individual, a Black uh, American. Yeah, it, it was very hard. Uh, like As in a Black community, it's very hard, but it's something we've been used to since day one. I mean, it's, it's nothing new. I think with social media and how fast it is now, it's more, there's more awareness a- about it. But for the black community, this has always been going on. I mean, they rapped about it in the late eighties and early nineties. You know what I mean? So for me personally, it's made me a stronger person. You know, there's times where I am afraid, right? Like, I think I was joking with you earlier. Like, you know, I've been going 57 on a 55 highway these days. You know what I mean? Cause I do have that fear of, you know, getting pulled over and who knows what's going to happen. Right. But besides all that, I mean, I really I I became stronger. I became more uh, focused on what's important as an African-American and it's affect my work in a great way. I think I'm a way better professional than I ever was, way better artist than I ever was. So how do you find that your creativity and your ability to storytell helps you in these, these kind of times, these challenging, uncertain times? I think in these times, it's forced me to be even more expressive. I think we were talking about earlier as far as me hiding my expressiveness. So with that kind of storytelling, so what stories I get, I, I really make sure to express it as expressible as possible. Like I really, I really go for it. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and that's what people want. They want that raw honesty right now, you know, and of course, entertainment, of course, right? You gotta, it has to be entertaining. Yeah, it's, I've, my storytelling has been very expressive to the max. You know, it's pretty clear on what story I'm telling rather than, you know, you gotta think about it. Um, What's your observation on this? Oh, nope, you didn't get it. You know, none of that shit. It's just straight up raw, you know, very in your face. Wow. That's powerful. Do you find that that does that help you stay grounded with what's happening? Yes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 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 Very, very grounded. Very grounded. I've reached out to my family members more than I ever have. Yeah. And with my career, and again, I said, I've been saying a lot, but I've just been very blessed. I'm, I'm, I'm even more blessed now 
been very grateful. That's probably the word gratefulness is, is maybe very grateful. Like a much stronger appreciation for all the things that you have. Yep. He's like, man, those trees look beautiful. Oh, that grass looks so beautiful. Oh, my wife, even more beautiful than I thought you were even more, even more, even more beautiful. than you know what I mean? Like you really appreciate the things around you for sure. Cause like, uh, like I was saying, just one, me getting pulled over once, you know what I mean? I could be a hashtag, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I really appreciate every second of my life for sure. Wow. That's such a great reminder to look at all of the little details in our lives mm-hmm. and be grateful. And I think hearing you say that that's what this year has been for a lot of us. It's been slowing down and looking at what we do have and pausing and going, wow, I am blessed. It's it's hard. It's a hard time out there. Being Being blessed and feeling appreciation for what you have does not dismiss the fact that it's hard. That's right. It grows the hardness, the challenging times kind of grows your appreciation. It makes it that much stronger, that much richer. It's facts. You mentioned this a bit earlier as well, but being in a predominantly white tech company at Nerdery, how was the support there? Like, what is the has the community been like for you this year? Luckily, I've always been honest about being black in America and in the workplace. So with that reputation, I've been respected even more. You thought it was crazy back then. It's worse now. It's oh, in a better in a good way, not worse in a bad way. But yeah, luckily the support's been great there for the most part. I mean, I haven't gotten any negative, you know, anything at the company. So yeah, it, it's it's been great actually. The support's been great. Yeah, and, and and they they and they know I don't play. You know what I mean. So that's already that's been there before George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. You know what I mean. Yeah, and you do. You have mad respect. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, nerds past and present. That's right. I I I give it and I demand it. Oh, see, and that's what I I love that because you're not just one sided. You're not saying I demand respect from you, but you're giving it to people as well. Which that's how it goes. That's right. You have to give it first. Yep. You have to give respect first and it has to be genuine. You know, I think there's, I think there's something genuine about each individual and some, some may have their thoughts, but they all have, I mean, in a workplace as well and with clients, I mean, they all have some genuine, genuinely good about them. You know what I mean? And you need to, and, and I believe it's important to respect that part of them, you know, which in return, you get that respect back. You look for the good in everyone. Is that right? You're, you're looking for something to respect in everyone. You're trying to find something about a person's personality that you can respect. Yeah. And then you can help them get better at it or you can learn something from them. Yeah. I've le- I learned a ton from nerds. I'm learning a ton from you right now. I'm dead ass. So it's like you learn a lot from people, which... I mean, it's a cheat code, you know, why not? And that's such a good way to see the world too, because you're right. If you're looking, if you're looking at the world with open eyes and saying, I can learn from every person and every situation, even if it's not what I expected, you're living with such a growth mindset. We are willing to see anything and anyone around you as, as a learning opportunity. Yep. Yeah. Shout out to the growth mindset. Yeah. And you, you've got it, Mike. Yeah, because you know, you know what a you know what a bad spouse is. A, a bad spouse has a fixed mindset. A good spouse has a growth mindset. Like I do family portraits, right? So you know, me doing family portraits, you can definitely tell that spouse has a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. And obviously, as a professional, you want to 
you want to get the growth mindset out of this session. You know what I mean? Because I'm not cheap. You know what I mean? Not anymore. I used to be, but not anymore, right? So they're paying good money. So yeah, having a growth mindset is that's so huge, even in leadership as well. You know, if you are creative and you want to get into the leadership part of it, I mean, you got to have a growth mindset for sure. It's no other way around it. And how do you know, like when you see somebody, because you, you've talked about how you're such an like, astute observer of people. Yeah. And what do you notice about somebody that tells you whether or not they have a growth mindset? I guess me being African-American, right? You know, if a non-Black person is very open with me, right? Just right off the bat, just very open. I could tell that person already has a growth mindset already. Yeah, I, I think just depending on how they react to you and like how how open they are in listening as well. Like they're great listeners right off the bat. And I don't really think, people may think I'm a talker, but I'm not really a talker at all. But like, if I'm talking more than you are, then that's, you're, 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 you're good shit. Uh, yeah, the person, yeah, usually a person's a great listener. And you feel comfortable to share. You feel like, hey, this is a safe place for me to share. Exactly. I love those little tells that you have. And and I think just for anyone listening or for myself, you know, to examine, you know, I want to have a growth mindset. And other times where I go between a growth mindset or a fixed mindset, or maybe do I have a fixed mindset in this about this certain thing or in this certain situation? And what can I do to be more open-minded or to have more of a growth mindset. And and to be honest, I think, and for me personally, and I think so many others, that's been a lot of this year. I know I've stood back and examined like, whoa, did I think I had a growth mindset? Did I think I was really open-minded about this, about these things that are happening in the world? And now to discover, hey, maybe that's that wasn't actually true. And I'm willing to look at that or I'm willing to understand what I can do to get better and to learn. Like you were saying, like every conversation with someone, every person you encounter is an opportunity to learn and to improve that mindset. And that's how I want to look at it. Yeah. And and also folks can reach out, like reach out internationally as well. Like luckily I have friends from all over the continent. I reach out to them all and I can get to learn their culture. You know what I mean? And how to get down. And it's like, oh man, that's such a good idea. I've never thought of that in my American way of thinking. Yeah. Being global is very important as well or learning global cultures is very important. I think that really helps the growth mindset as as well. Yeah, I agree. For me, moving to Australia has opened me up in that way, given me such a new perspective. Because in not that the US isn't full of cultures, because it is. But honestly, where I was living in Minnesota was not a very diverse area. And I wasn't exposed to very many different cultures or ways of thinking and moving to Australia has expanded me in that way and immensely. So many different cultures, so many people from different walks of life. And I've just learned to be a student. I've just learned to sit and listen and say, wow, tell me about what you think. Tell me, tell me where that came from. Tell me about your background. It's fascinating. Well, you're fascinating as well. Thank you. (laughs) But not everybody's willing to do that, I suppose. You're saying you you call up the people that you know across different parts of the world and you're like, what can you teach me? You know, what can I learn from you? Yeah. So it's exactly, it's like, hey, you know, because at the end of the day, we're all the same, actually. And and I'm sure you experienced that being in in Australia. I mean, our cultures are different, right? They do things differently and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, Titanic made everyone feel a certain way. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it's our work as creatives is 
one thing we do need to know is that, you know, our work is universal. Like you'll be shocked on how many people around the world connect with your work. Creative expression is for everyone and you can find it means different things to different people. And you never can really truly predict. You might have an idea of how you want to present it in the world, but it might resonate with someone in a totally different way that you weren't expecting, which is incredible. And yeah, and that could maybe because of where someone is, where someone lives or what experience they've had, and they might take something totally new or engage in a totally new way, which is amazing. Your work is powerful in that way. I love how you talked about how observant you are of people because you're capturing who someone is and and you're sharing that person with the world then as well. Not only just your work, you're sharing, you're helping share other people and their personalities with the world. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a vulnerability, to, it's a vulnerability uh, with that subject. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, they're, tr- they're trusting you to uh, represent them the best way possible, you know? So that's, that's serious. You have to take that seriously. Like it's no joking around, you know, and doing weddings and stuff like that. It's their one day, right? So you have to really take that seriously. It's it's an honor to get hired to do jobs like that. So Mike, I want to ask you before we wrap up, what is bringing you joy right now? What's bringing me joy right now is that my girls are healthy. My three daughters, they make me laugh every day. That brings me joy right now. We had a good morning this morning. So uh, you interviewing me from Australia I think that's bringing me joy. I think that's real cool. Yeah, that's, that's a big deal for me because I hate the way my voice sounds a lot. So I'm not up to doing interviews usually, but with your presence, I was more than trusting and comfortable in doing this. So this is bringing me a lot of joy. The weather is bringing me joy right now. I'll say this election, this U.S. election, which is that is kind of weird because most people are pretty pissed off right now, right? Like they're very stressed out and this and that, but hopefully... What I think this year of the COVID, it's been a year of being exposed. I think a lot of things have been exposed this year. And so hopefully with this election for 2024, hopefully we learn from this. I mean, having a better voting structure now. And we're so far along on technology. You know what I'm saying? Like, why the hell we got to wait so many days and stuff for write-in ballot? You know, it exposed Blacks, it exposed white people, uh, it exposed Latinos, gay, straight. It, it exposed everything this year. I, I think seeing people like this, being honest, uh, that does bring me joy because we, we need to be forced to adapt and change and not be so stuck in our ways. I totally agree. And I think a lot of us have been very stuck in our ways. And this year, as you said, has exposed that. But it is a choice that people have. You know, people can choose to stay stuck in their ways and not change and not, again, not adapt a growth mindset and understand how they can be better or they can go, wow, look at all the things that have happened this year. I'm going to make the choice to look at myself and examine myself, which is a really hard thing to do and decide how I want to show up in the world and if I need to make a change in the way that I respond or if I want to change the way that I think or the way that I interact with people. It's powerful that it, as difficult as this year has been that we now can say, wow, if this is the outcome, if this is if this is what happens as a result and more people become more open-minded and start looking at how they can change and be changed in the world. I'm excited. I know that's probably a rare thing to hear from uh, a descendant from U.S. slavery, black men, but I'm excited for the future. Well, it's encouraging to hear you say that, and 
share your heart about it. You have hope. Yep, I do. I really do. You've always been such a positive force for me personally, and I know for so many other nerds, people who've who've been at the nerdery and beyond, and that's contagious. We feel that from you, Mike. I love you. I lo- yeah, yeah, yeah. I love you all too. You, you all, you know, I mean, I'm serious. Like you all, I'm a nerd about nerds. I'm a nerd about people. So, you know, no matter what background you have, you guys make me a better person. Where can people connect with you or find you to learn more about your work? You can find me on Mike Ross Visuals and Instagram at Mike Ross Photo. Uh, that's a new Instagram account where I'll be showing my favorite black and whites, my random black and white photography. Uh, those two Instagram accounts, please follow me there. On a professional end, LinkedIn, of course, is great. Uh, my website is Mike Ross mpls.com but instagram is it i love i love instagram engagement great so someone can pop pop in and send you a dm and say hello oh man i love it i love it tag both of us when you listen to this episode we'd love that so and and check out mike's photos Uh, we've gushed about him a lot today but he is it's no joke he is incredibly talented and his photos, they always make me feel something. Keep sharing it with the world, Mike. We're so honored and blessed that you're sharing your gift with us. Yeah, and thank you for sharing your gift with us as well, Heather. Like, I'm very excited for you and like what you're going to bring. You've been through You've been through too much. You know what I mean? You've been through a lot. So all that energy has to go somewhere. And I'm glad that I'm at the beginning stages. Shout out to you as well. Like, this, this, has, been, this is a great interview. I had a real good time. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Mike. It's been an honor. And thank you for being here. Right on. Cool. Thank you so much. Isn't Mike the best? Seriously, love that guy. He continues to inspire and pour himself into his work and shows up with his full self. To learn more about Mike Ross, visit the show notes at heatherashleybaker.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do two things. Head over to Apple Podcasts to leave a review and share this podcast with your friends and family. Two small actions that have a huge impact so that others can find and hear this podcast. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Until next week, friends.